Eagle Eye in the Sky is fueled by Gatorade, the official sports drink of the Philadelphia Eagles. Everything that move. I don't care who it is. Let's go. Give me everything you got. Play fast, play hard. Let's beat these boys tonight in their house. It's party time. It's party time. Let's go. Touchdown! You're listening to the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. Now here's your host, Brand Duffy. That's right, another week, and we are talking offensive line play here as the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast continues. I'm Fran Duffy, and I think we've got a great show for you here on episode number 176. At the top of this week's show, we've got Chalk Talk, where I chat with former NFL offensive line coach Paul Alexander, who not only did he coach in the NFL over the course of three decades and coach some of the best offensive linemen in the game, but now that he's out of the league, he's been tutoring some of the young offensive linemen as they prepare for the NFL draft, and his best pupil this spring none other than Eagles first round pick Andre Diller that gives us plenty to discuss here today so we'll talk about Andre we'll talk about young offensive linemen preparing for the NFL and a lot more let's get to that chat now in Chalk Talk let's get down to business it's time for Chalk Talk Well, really, really excited to welcome in Coach Paul Alexander here to Chalk Talk on the Eagle Line the Sky podcast. Like I mentioned, Coach has been one of the best offensive line coaches in the NFL over the course of the last three decades. And to get some of his knowledge uh, about the game and about the position, really, really lucky to have him here on the show. Coach, welcome into Chalk Talk here on the Eagle Line the Sky podcast. Hey, thanks for having me today. So, Coach, I had heard through the grapevine that, that you had worked with uh, Eagles first-round pick Andre Dillard, and so uh, I really wanted to kind of pick your brain about Andre and some of the things that you saw from him before we get into just general offensive line play and what works in the NFL. So my first question to you is this. When you first got your hands on Andre, before the, take us through when that happened, and what was your initial impression of him when you first got to see him and work with him up close? Uh, yeah, it, uh, well, Andre's a great guy, and uh, he was out in California in Los Angeles with his agent at, uh, uh, at Rep. 1, and uh, they asked me to come out and work with him, and this was before he went down to the Senior Bowl. Um, now, uh, I went and worked with him. I watched some film with him. We talked about uh, uh, the process. Um, we did some on-field things, and uh, I was I was impressed with the ability that that kid had. He has all the uh, athletic measurables. He has the size. He has the, the strength. He has the recovery. He has the athleticism. He's flexible. He's powerful. He's explosive. He has all the traits you really look for in a, uh, you know, a top-level uh, NFL offensive lineman. <clears throat> what he did lack a little bit uh, was he had some techniques that he learned in college that, uh, of course, Coach Leach uh, runs a very unique offense out there at Washington State. They take uh, big, huge splits on their offensive line. They vertical set and pass protection. They don't run block very often. Uh, those are techniques that aren't really NFL-tailored. Uh, however, he did get a new offensive line coach last year, Coach Miller, uh, out at Washington State, and he tightened the splits down a little bit, and he, he set a little bit more traditional, like... Uh, uh, he would set in the NFL in his pass protection. And so he did improve a little bit. But, but what I saw was a guy with tremendous talent uh, who'd been using some techniques that were more tailored toward his college offense that weren't going to work in the NFL. And uh, we started to work on those things, and he took them down to the Senior Bowl. 
and uh, he had a good showing there. Yeah, he certainly uh, helped himself. We talked about that last week uh, on the Journey to the Draft podcast. The senior ball was huge uh, for you know his ability to kind of help himself during the pre-draft process. So take us through now. You get you work with him again after the senior ball. Had did you see a kind of a different guy at that point? What did you see after that that I week saw in a practice? Completely different guy, and I saw a guy who's uh, 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 he was he was a confident guy before, but after the senior ball. You could just see how excited he was because he went down there. Uh, he realized that he could block the best and and do a good job. And people were talking favorably about him. And 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 you could just see his confidence grow. And uh, uh, that was really exciting to see uh, before the combine. Then he goes to the combine. And when you worked with yep. him leading up to Indianapolis, was it more about the drill work? Did you did you have anything to do with any of the kind of the athletic testing portion as well, or was it more drill work? Uh, it was. Uh, it had to do with the uh, two parts. There was a the drill work, uh, which uh, is really kind of interesting. Uh, uh, I hadn't coached anyone up before, but I kind of just looked at it every time he did it a drill. Uh, I would. Let me back up a little bit. When I would grade a guy at the combine, he would do a drill, and I would give him a grade from one to five based on how he did that drill, five being a pro bowl or one being reject, everything in between. And he would do a drill, and I would yell out, three, your head was too high, or your footwork wasn't right, or your shoulders turned, or whatever. Do it again. You know, uh, I'd give you a three plus, sir, uh, four minus a... Four and and we keep going and going and going and it was kind of fun. I was doing it trying to get him to look like what I would grade a guy as a five on that drill, and uh, that's what we did. We went through the series of drills that he did at the combine, and uh, uh, he did a great job there, obviously. And then we spent a lot of time on the interview process. Yep, the type of questions they're going to ask, what they're looking for, how to present your best self forward, how to how to be yourself really, not how to answer questions that necessarily they want to hear the answer to. But then again, uh, maybe not share different parts of yourself that they wouldn't be interested in. Um, I was working not just with him, but with the with the three guys that were there, I kind of just told them, I said, when they ask you what do you like to do other than play football, don't say I like to play video games. I can't tell you how many guys I would sit there and interview over the years of the combine and say, well, what do you like to do? Uh, well, I, you know, I like to chill and I like to play video games and I like to hang out. And I remember thinking, are you kidding me? <laughs> I, he, 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 no, no. Say so you like to play basketball. So you, you know, you like to go hunting. I don't know. Do, do talk about things that are active. Even, even if it's, I like to read. Okay. I can deal with that. You right. know what I mean? But, uh, you know, don't tell me you like to chill, you know, and uh, so not just Andre, but all three of the guys I was working with, I told them those are the important things to say, you know, that uh, uh, you want to be truthful, you want to be honest, uh, at the same time, you want to put your best foot forward. So what was that like for you, just being on the other side of that? And uh, that had to be obviously very different for you. It was stress-free. <laughs> 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 I imagine it was great. Yeah, I loved it. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think uh, you know that's kind of one of the untold stories of the combine. You know, everybody talks about you know the forty yard dash and the bench press, and you know we we see them at the media session and we talk about those things and we talk oh the the, the media the interviews at night that they do with teams and you know what they do uh, you know how important those are and the medical that's another uh, side of it as well that's kind of behind the curtain. So I was glad that you gave us a little bit of insight in terms of what teams are looking for, what coaches are looking for when they have those meetings. Yeah. And uh, it was interesting, you know, the Eagles uh, mentioned that they met with him at the senior ball before he got to the combine so uh, before he was able to get some of that training the Eagles were able to kind of get a sense of, of the kid that he was and, and what he brought to the table which uh, well, obviously went a long way well well, guess what I got him before the senior <laughs> ball so they got him trained up <laughs> well that's you doing your job coach alright so let me ask you this question what's the area that you felt he most improved himself from, from day one with you up until draft day well, the things we talked about, yeah. you know, some of the NFL techniques. And, and the one thing I want to make the point, uh, uh, I know you didn't ask the question, but I want to make sure I, I brought this up because I think it's going to be really interesting for your listeners that uh, your coach, who's an excellent coach, Jeff Stoutland, yep. one of the best, right? The good thing about Jeff working with this kid is that – all of us as offensive line coaches, we have different techniques, different, and those techniques come from different schools. Now, Jeff and I, we never coach together, but we're from philosophically the same school, meaning that we are leverage pass blockers. Uh, what, what does that mean? It means using hands to, oh, grab, wrestle, whatever, rather than quick-footed punch, chop. It's the two schools in pass protection. And Jeff is from that leverage school. Now, this kid, his physical traits are perfectly for leverage school. They're not necessarily for quick feet, chop, punch school. And uh, so I think the fact that uh, they like the kid that they got, but more important than that, they've got the right marriage between the right coach's philosophy and the and the uh, physical traits uh, that are ideal for that philosophy. As a quick follow, if that makes any sense to you. Yeah, that, as a quick follow up to that, I'd love. To, what is it that that kind of sets that guy apart? If you have an offensive lineman that says, "All right, this skill set goes one way, and this one goes the other." Well, if you're a strong guy and you got long arms and you got good balance and you got a a, a, a big butt tanker with, which he does, um, typically your best is a wrestler, if you will, you know, uh, you know, uh, uh, a muscler, a leverage player, uh, which he is. And I would say that Peters is probably more of that way, uh, than, uh, oh geez, I can't believe I can't think of his name than the right tackle is. And Lane Johnson, you know? sure. Yeah, yeah. Lane is, you know, more of a quick-footed, real fast, you know, uh, a quick-punched type of guy. Uh, so he kind of uh, now. Now Lane does a lot of the leverage techniques that uh, the coach teaches, but but uh, typically, if a guy is just super quick and athletic, but not real strong, uh, then he doesn't. You wouldn't do as well with uh, the leverage techniques and. This kid is. This kid has uh, has those traits. 
Coach, one, one of the big things that a lot of the media and the fans are talking about uh, here in Philadelphia, just about you know Andre coming from that system, and you, and you mentioned earlier, he wasn't asked to run block all that much. And, and when you look at a guy with his skill set, he showed it a little bit at the Senior Bowl. Uh, what do you kind of work with? I'm sure you've dealt with offensive linemen coming from those systems in the past, coming from an air raid style system. What are the first things you have to work on to try and say, okay, this is how you're going to get better playing out of a three-point stance and, and working at the point of attack in the run game? Well, it's it's obviously when I first came in the league uh, close to thirty years ago, uh, you got guys from high school and college, and they all knew how to put their hand on the ground, and they all knew how to fire out, and they could drive a sled, and they could hit through the shoots, and they could, you know, they they knew how to do that, and so you had to teach guys how to pass block. Um, that wasn't as uh, it was foreign to them. Uh, what I see now with the difference in football is it's just the opposite. You know, these guys are coming now, most of them, you know, had been in two-point stances, and they know how to pass block, and they know how to play on their feet and not overextend and those kind of things. But they really don't know how to get down, explode, drive. And it almost sounds ridiculous for someone uh, who's uh, uh, not of the younger generation to even consider that. But it's true, you know. The the so you need to teach them that from the beginning. You need you need to take these guys, believe it or not, uh, that are in their mid twenties, and train them almost like uh, oh, we were trained when we were fourteen year old kids. Hmm. You know, driving the sled, hitting through the shoots, teach them how to hit and drive with power, explode. You know, Oklahoma drill. You know, all the little things that teaches kids how to create leverage and create movement in the run game. And uh, so it's kind of unique. And to be honest with you, I've had mixed results with that. Mm. Um, Some guys really never did it. It it got them too late in life when they couldn't do it. Uh, Other guys learned it fairly quickly. So uh, it's, uh, he got a good coach, and, and, and he knows that. He's aware of what he has to do, and uh, I'm sure he's on top of it starting uh, uh, this weekend at minicamp. Coach, one of the big things that everybody says about Andre, you just kind of talk about his feet. And now, you know, everybody's breaking down film of these guys, you know, when they're, when they're coming out of college, when they get to the NFL, you know, NFL game pass, all that stuff is now available. When you're watching an offensive tackle on film, what does good feet look like versus bad feet? What is like the easiest way to kind of say, okay, like this guy, th- he has it and this guy doesn't? Well, um, I think maybe the biggest misnomer, and this is even true with uh, uh, some people in the scouting community, professional people who misevaluate offensive line. Uh, there's something that I call good feet which is different than choppy feet or mm. quick feet. Um, now, you can tell slow feet. Everyone can tell. You know, yep. if the guy's Herman Munster, if the guy can't move his feet, you know, okay, well, forget it. You know, forget him. You know, he doesn't have good feet. He doesn't have quick feet, right? But then you get into the next level, and there's really two kind of players. There's players that have super quick choppy feet, right? And then there's people who have good feet. All right, now now let me explain the difference. Uh, the best player I coached, Willie Anderson, who's a Hall of Fame candidate, yep. he had good feet. His feet moved only as quick as the guy he was blocking. He had balance. He could accelerate his feet. 
Um, it didn't look like his feet were chopping, right? It didn't, it looked like they were under control and the guy was always with the guy he's blocking. Um, that's good feet to me. Now you have, and Peters has what I would call good feet. Now you take another guy and probably the biggest extreme I ever heard of that I ever saw was a kid named Kenyatta Walker, who was an early pick, I think a top five pick for Tampa. Yep, exactly. Yep. Years ago. All right. Who failed? All right. Now when you watch Kenyatta Walker on film, you saw his feet. I mean, they were so quick. They were chopping. You know, they were the quickest dang things you ever saw in your life. <laughs> And everybody loved that. And everyone fell in love with how quick his feet were. Well, quick feet that aren't controlled aren't good feet. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Sure, yeah. And, and I think that you're, you're talking about people wondering what good feet is. It's not how fast the feet move. It's does the guy stay mirrored on the guy or in the proper position, runner pass? and maintain the proper leverage point mm. while he's blocking. If he can do that, the guy has good feet. If the guy is blocking and then the guy gets off of his edge, gets away from him, then he's got bad feet, no matter how quick they are. Yeah, I know the, one of the things people talk about is, you know, if a guy's toes start getting pointed to the sideline, so maybe he gets to the spot, he get, you know, the, the, the feet get him there, but now they're, he'd say he gets so wonky and kind of opens up the gate a little bit, now he doesn't have that ability to kind of mirror and stay in front of the guy like you mentioned. Yeah, well, guys do that. You're talking about toes opening the sideline. Uh, that can be two different things. That can be a technical issue. Or it can be a compensation for bad feet. So, so just because a guy's toes turn to the sideline doesn't mean the guy has bad feet. Sure, it may mean that he has uh, uh, improper technique, um, or it could mean he has bad feet, and it's a compensation. Coach, what's one part of offensive line play that gets kind of overhyped a little bit? Maybe you hear, you know, guys get knocked a little bit, uh, you know, for this trait or that trait, but that is easily coached out of. You can say, you know what, that, yeah, that's all fine and good, but that can get fixed within the first you know, couple months here that he's in the league. Is there one part, that, one thing that you constantly hear that you say, you know what, this can get fixed. I'd rather focus my attention here in this area. You know, I, I, don't, uh, I don't think it's one thing, but I can give you an example. There was sure. a kid, Greg Little from Ole Miss, that was in the draft class this, this year. Yeah. And uh, uh, he got... Uh, not because he wasn't a very good run blocker. Well, um, he was obviously a pass blocking machine. Um, maybe, uh, you know, one of the top two pass blockers in the draft. All right. But his run blocking was weird. His problem was guys blocking to his inside. He would, he would, uh, guys would penetrate on him on the down block, on the double team those things. And it happened way too often. But when I watched the film, uh, he had an unusually over-wide stance. Um, and the feet were so wide in his stance that whenever he took a step, he would step and not gain any distance. Forever coaches have called that stepping underneath yourself, yeah. right? Which, okay, that's what coaches call it. It doesn't really make any sense, right? But, but anyway, so he wouldn't gain any distance with his first step because his stance was too wide. Now, um, I made the comment on 
you know, some different media interviews I did, I said, that's a five-minute fix. Mm. I mean, you narrow his stance, and he can gain ground with a step, and he'll be able to block to his inside on a running play. And uh, so those are the kind of things. Some of those fixes are very quick, right? Other of them are terminal, right? And uh, I, I can't really say that there's one uh, unique thing that, comes up all the time. It's uh, uh, you know if if offensive line play uh, was so easy to understand and evaluate and fix and all that kind of stuff, then they wouldn't have guys like us that they pay a lot of money for. <laughs> you know, right. what I mean, it's 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 very difficult. It's a life study. It's a life's work. It's a it's a it's a grind for uh, seventy hours a week for virtually 12 months a year for 30 years finding out little details and how to fix little things and and i think sometimes that uh 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 people try to jump in there and evaluate offensive line when they really haven't gone through that process too much and i think sometimes they get frustrated and they shouldn't because it's uh it's it's a life's work of research well, Coach, I, I could talk to you about this and pick your brain for, for hours because you have gone through that process and you just have such a wealth of knowledge about the position. Really, really appreciate the time. Uh, is there anything that, that you want to promote? I know you're doing some work uh, with the Pro Coach Network. Anything uh, that you want to talk about that you're working on right now leading up to the uh, the, the summer? Uh, yeah, there's a couple things. doing. Like you said, I'm sponsored by Pro Coach Network. That's a group of 50 retired NFL coaches uh, that do con- consulting for media uh, training players, working with kids one-on-one, either in person or virtually. Uh, I suggest anyone who uh, has a, a young guy that would like to get coached by an NFL coach to check out ProCoach.network. Uh, that's one thing. The other thing is I'm touring the world. I'm going all around. You can follow me on Twitter at Coach Paul Alex, and I'm really enjoying this uh, year out of coaching where I'm going everywhere. I've been to Germany. I'm going to London. I'm going coast to coast on a tour coming up in June uh, and uh, working with players, working with high schools and uh, trying to share the knowledge, share the game. Well, Coach, really, really appreciate the time. Uh, Enjoy your travels and uh, we'll hope to talk to you again soon. Great stuff from Coach, and you can follow him on Twitter just like I do, at Coach Paul Alex. And while you're at it, I'm at FDuffy3. That's where I post all of the podcasts I'm a part of and all the content that we produce at PhiladelphiaEagles.com. And you know I appreciate everybody that promotes and shares this podcast on any form of social media. But the best way to do it is to go onto Apple Podcasts or Stitcher, wherever you listen, and go and leave us a rating and leave us a comment. We don't have any comments in the queue right now. We've, we used them up over the last couple of weeks. So here's my, uh, here's my request for everybody. We're going to be building out shows for the next few weeks leading up to training camp and I would love if you've got a topic that you would love us to cover wide receiver play you know pass game concepts different coverage concepts whatever it is that you want to hear us talk about go on to Apple Podcasts leave a comment and we will make sure we cover it here before the start of training camp a lot of guests here in the Rolodex that we're going to be rolling through over the course of the next couple of months but if there's something that you specifically want to hear about now's the time go on if you want your voice to be heard jump on Apple Podcasts leave a comment with a rating and we'll make sure we cover it here before things get going later this summer but that'll do it another show in the books here on on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. Great stuff from Coach Paul Alexander. Excited to talk with him about both Andre and offensive line play here in the NFL. Until then, we will see you next week here on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast.